0: Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're recording from HR Tech in Vegas, brought to you by our friends and partners at Fuel50. Here's your host, Mark Pfeffer. Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. And recording again today at the Expo Hall of the HR Technology Conference and Exhibition, I'm going to welcome my next guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself.
1: My name's Jason Lortzen. I am a speaker, author, management trainer, um, kind of on a quest to think, make the the work experience more human by teaching managers and leaders how to like really truly check in with their people um, so they know what's actually going on and can help create a work experience that works better for them, for the employees.
0: So given all that, what are you thinking as you walk through the uh, the expo hall? Is the industry kind of doing what it needs to do?
1: I would say we're trending the right direction. I think um, technology wise, I would say from from my seat, you know, if you look back a few years, you had places like I think Workhuman. You know, Workhuman's kind of been at the forefront. I think of carrying a banner for for the human workplace or whatever. Obviously, it's even in their name, and they had their event or whatever. I think, um, I mean, Fuel50 was early on into that, you know, sort of rethinking, sort of putting the, the sort of the human at the center of the career path and all of that. And so I think we're starting to see early on, several years ago, there wasn't as much of it. Now you're seeing so much talk about humanity at work, I think, because COVID forced people to realize like there are humans here and we need to make this work better for them. So we've been forced into it. So I think it's, I think it's trending the right way. I still think we have a lot of, I think there's still a lot of unnecessary complication that gets created by technology, to be honest. The fact that we have this many different solutions, I think, sometimes gets in the way of actually doing the work that we need to be doing in the workplace.
0: Well, you know, that's a good point, because I often wonder if the vendors are really delivering what they say they're delivering.
1: I, yeah. That, well, I, I don't think half the people that buy that technology know that either. I mean, it's that that's the always the irony of technology is and I don't like I don't I'm, I'm so glad I worked for a technology company for three years an HR tech company for three years and I'm so glad to not be in that world because I think it's a very fickle it's a very fickle world because you're you know positioning this technology product as a solution to this problem that HR has and then HR gets excited about the technology And they sell it to their team and you know the executives or whoever they need to sell it to internally, they invest a bunch of money, they roll it out, and then in three years, if it hasn't solved the problem that it was intended to solve, they without knowing why or without knowing if it's the technology's fault, the technology gets blamed, because it's better to blame the technology than to take take blame yourself that your problem, that your process or your approach didn't work. And you replace it with a new technology and then every three to five years we just keep kicking it down the road and so a lot of times i don't think there's a great feedback cycle always on is the technology delivering what it should be but i don't think it's always the technology's fault i think a lot of times it's because and i spent a decade in corporate hr leadership it's because we as hr aren't clear on what problem we're trying to solve and applying technology the right technology to solve the problem we have. So I think, you're, I think the observation is a good one, and I'm not sure.
0: One of the things I wonder about is the, the frontline manager. Hmm. It, it seems that an awful lot of, not worry, but a, a lot of energy um, about skills and such comes from the frontline manager. Do you think vendors are addressing that? Are they, are they selling enough to the frontline the frontline managers rather than the executives to be meaningful?
1: I don't know about, I I think what's, I don't think that the frontline manager is being supported in the way that they should. I think middle management and frontline management is the hardest job, I think, in any organization. They are getting it from both ends. That's where the pressure comes, you know, with employee expectations are dialing up. And when employees quit, you get blamed for them quitting. When employees underperform, you get blamed for them underperforming. And yet you're not always given the tools or the training or the resources to really help. And then what happens is, I mean, I think with great intention is we, we look, we go looking for a technology to help these managers and we roll out a tool and we roll Mm -hmm. out an approach. and, And I think the managers, at least what I've been hearing is managers are overwhelmed. They're busy. They're already time crunched. And then we throw new tools at them without the appropriate support. And I think that causes almost, that almost sort of makes the situation work worse at times. And so I remember when, when I was in the HR seat, when we were trying to roll things out, like it was, it, and, and actually the best way I've ever heard this said was when I was doing a, a profile for my book, I was interviewing an, an HR leader and he said, you know, the the test of whether our solution from HR, whether it's a process or technology, whether it's successful is whether the manager or the employee uses it. Like if if we have to force them to use it, if we have to like compel them to do this thing, then, then it's not a good solution because we exist to help make their job easier and more effective. And when it makes it more complicated, that's counterproductive it's actually making their job harder and so i think that gets lost a little bit i think there are some tools in here that are great for that and i think increasingly there is more attention being focused on that frontline manager but i'm not sure that that is i'm not sure that it that we've really gotten there that's where i spend my that's where i spend all of my time is thinking about particularly just managers but that frontline manager and what do we need to do to equip them to do their job better and i don't think the technology often is is necessarily helping because they don't have the skills oftentimes to do the job and then you throw technology on top of it it's never going to solve a skill problem
0: speaking of skills they're getting an awful lot of attention today uh, it's, it seems like it's one of the driving forces behind any hr yep operation what's going on
1: i tend to think it's i mean call me cynical but i think it's another cycle of what we often do. And I think there'll be people that will probably argue that I'm completely wrong on this and I, and maybe I am, but it feels to me like it's a relabeling of the same conversation. And, and I don't think it's a bad relabeling, you know, 10 years ago, we were talking about competencies or whatever, and now it's skills. And I know that skills and competencies, everybody will get into an argument about that, but I I don't know that it's new, but I think the language is helpful. I think. I think skills helps managers, leaders, HR, organizations to think more tactically about where the gaps are. It's a more thoughtful approach, I think, to be you know, to think about okay, where are our gaps and what are the things that we need to you know, either equip those people with or train them up on or help them learn that helps fill that gap. And I think that so I I think that the conversation about skills is helpful. I think it's good. I just am not entirely convinced it's a new, it's as new as it feels like it is here with all the conversation. I think it's the same conversation. It's just packaged differently. And perhaps this time will be the time that we break through.
0: Well, it seems to me there's three ways you address skills. You can buy them, you can build them, Mm -hmm. or you can borrow them. Yep. And when I first heard that, I thought it was kind of neat. But then I started to think about how complex was that if you're... Trying to deal with skills and say, even a small enterprise. Yeah. Um, that, that's an awful lot of fine tuning you have to do to, to get appropriate
1: work. I, I think it is. And honestly, what I would argue is that I, I, again, back to kind of what I said earlier about technology, is that I think a lot of times we can get crystal clear about skills, we can define skills, we can have skill hierarchies, all these things that get talked about. But if I'm not if I'm not really clear about what the role is, what the what I need that person to do or produce in that role, whether it's a manager or whether it's a you know an individual contributor doing whatever job, I think I think a lot, a lot of times we're trying to like now we're working on skills, but it's like well, how do we know what skills we need? How do we know what skills we should buy or build or grow um, or rent? All of that. So you're right. It's really complicated and i think sometimes this language makes it more complicated as opposed to like let's get really back to clarity about what it is we're trying to do especially in small business right small business i think if you come here as a smaller you know smaller organization several hundred employees it gets really overwhelming really fast because you're like Mm -hmm. we don't have the budget we don't have the staff to do any of this and you start to feel really inadequate about what you can do but I think it all boils down to still, you got to be clear about what it is you're you know, getting really clear what's the business need, what's the need of this role, what's the things that need to be accomplished, and then you can break it down to, well, how do we, do we have this? Do we, can we hire it? Can we get a contractor? Then the questions become a lot simpler. I just think sometimes we start at the, we start like at the, it's a tail wagging the dog. We start at the end as opposed to starting at the beginning.
0: Well, it, it does seem that um, learning in the flow of work, is kind of a nifty way to address some of those issues, the sure. frontline issues. Um, is that a movement on its own, or is that just HR glomming onto a existing technical trade?
1: Well, I think to me, it's more of an aspiration. It's more that it's actually the way learning happens is you don't learn unless you're, I mean, at least as, as adults, we learn most effectively when we're applying things. And so when we're doing our job and I run into, you know, I think about this, I think about how my kids, how my kids learn, like my, my son, you know, he's a video gamer and he tries new video games all the time. And if he runs into something he doesn't know how to do, or he's stuck, like in that moment, he goes to YouTube or he goes wherever and he finds somebody that has solved it or teaches. And he, he's like, oh, OK, that's what I do. And then he goes immediately back and he applies it and he's off to the races. He doesn't get stuck. And it's like that is our innate nature, human nature. That's how we learn. That's how we're wired to learn. The reason that we're not doing it is because our traditional tools at work aren't designed for that. We're desi- you know, it's like, well, we're, you're going to you need to go off for a week somewhere to learn as opposed to, no, I just ran into this or I need somebody to help mentor me or coach me through it. We just haven't been aligned really well to the way we learn. And so I think again, back to learning and whatever we call it, learning in the flow of work or whatever you want to call it as an HR buzzword. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good that we're talking about it. I think it's good that we're focusing on it. I think it would be good if we align more tools and resources around that, but I'm not sure that it's, like some kind of novel breakthrough necessarily as much as it is an alignment to back to kind of where we started really understanding work as like starting to center it around humans and the way humans actually actually learn actually experience work so I'm glad to see more tools and focus on it
0: Do you think this um, whole discussion around skills is a long term discussion or is it going to run its course in a couple years?
1: I don't know I I don't really I I don't know that I have a good answer to that other than it feels the the focus on skills feels more like a feature convert you know it's like a more of a conversation about features of technology than it is of the experience of the way work gets done because it's kind of like we still are trapped in this like human capital kind of framework or human resource like well we can take our resources and break them in town to, to to skills and then we can think of people as individual skills and it's like people don't come packaged that way, right? <laughs> that you need this skill. Well, that skill comes packaged with a whole bunch of other stuff, some other skills and some other things. So how, I don't know about the complexity. I think it's probably a good thing to wrestle with. I, I mean, skills aren't new. They've been around forever. They're just getting their moment right now. And I, I wonder if it's more about technology, selling technology and, and technology design than it is actually a chain and change in comp. Com- conversation or thinking about how we're actually, you know, developing people or organizing work. I I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we'll be talking about skills into the future because we've been talking about skills for a long time, just not as much as we are today.
0: Jason, thanks very much for your time today.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to PeopleTech of the HCM Technology Report. This HR tech series is graciously brought to you by our partners at Fuel50 For all other HR, sourcing, and recruiting news, check out HCMTechnologyReport.com. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway.